Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 144. 144 of the Compound Podcast, presented by Parse Rum. I love Parse. You love Parse. A uh, bar close to Wrigley. Nisi? Nisi. N I S E I. They just got Parse Nisi Lounge close to Wrigley. Bleacher Jeff. Uh, is uh, a mainstay there. They uh, believe he bartends there and plays music sometimes. They got some Parse in. They're going to do like a Connect Parse drink. They're experimenting, but they're going to do some Parse stuff there. So check that out. Also, if you are a, a bar in Chicago, in Wrigleyville, anywhere that wants to put Parse behind the bar and serve some route drinks, you let us know. You let the Compound Podcast know and we'll take care of you. We got you covered. Not my best intro, but we had a great episode last week with Joey Votto. One of the things we said last week was that we wanted to talk a little golf. Hang on. I had so many people reach out to me about that episode. Like my friends who don't listen, like they were like, yo, I actually listened to this last episode. That was incredible. I mean, I I was talking about it today because I did MLB radio and I was like, we could we legitimately could have talked to Vado for five hours. Like I could have talked to him for five hours about hitting and just kept asking him questions. I think it was cool. Like the two hitters or two bigger hitters, like him and uh, Donaldson, who we had on, they were so into it. You know, I think that's pretty cool, especially at their age where they could be like, ah, eh, you know, just see ball, hit ball, do this, do that. But they went into so such detail. Like even Dakota texted me, he's like, this is this is actually a different language right now. I saw a friend of the pod Donaldson at, um, at this golf event that I was at and we were talking, he is, he is excited for this year. He's been, he's been doing some biomechanic stuff, looking to swing, doing some work. He's like fired, fired up. Donaldson. Yeah. Is he signed a contract with the Yankees? Yeah. yeah. For For all the Yanks fans out there, if you want to get a little excited about somebody. You hear that Tom? Josh is Josh is feeling good. He's feeling sexy. Glad he's feeling well. Tom's the classic. Like Tom's a real fan. Like he doesn't blindly love every player, and I like that. No, but he's also the real fan where he will fall in love with a player for no reason. Oh, but oh, Donaldson starts out with ten homers the first month. He's like, I love this guy. He's my favorite player. That's of all exactly time. right. Friend of the he's compound changed. podcast. He becomes friend of the compound podcast again. Currently, he's not that to me. That's true. My golf event was in Orlando and the four play guys were down there, a bunch of dudes, a bunch of ex big leaguers, some actors, football players, some ex football players. Go ahead and name drop a couple for us, huh? You mean name drop a couple? Would you Smoltz, see out there? Tom Glavin? Addicts, Roger Clemens, John Lester, Johnny Lesta, uh, Brian McCann, Mark Mulder, got some friends. Uh, it was awesome. It's a great time playing competitive golf for the like first time since high school, where it was your own ball into the hole. No, like no partner to back you up. No, uh, you know, no par in the hole. And you're just trying to make a birdie putter or anything. Challenging, challenging. I had the nerves going pretty nervous on the first tee, hit some good ones off the first tee, nervous with the putter. Didn't really roll it that well all week. A couple cold shanks out there. Did it help having Lester in your group and then your brother on your bag? So, like, you had, like, I mean, not like you were nervous, nervous, but you know what I mean? Like, did it help having them? Like, oh, I've played with Lester a million times. Yeah, it was definitely, Lester helped me out a lot because he was, like, talking through 
like etiquette like and his caddy nick who's a good friend is like talking through a little bit of etiquette with like the hey uh you know don't they hate when you don't stand here like you can't stand there like you don't make sure you take the flag you know don't walk in front of the girls or do this like because they're competing like this is their job and they're out there competing and you're just like trying so hard not to get in the way it's like a real lpga event right yeah yeah it's like they, they get tournament prizes yeah and like yeah. we're using like we're using a rangefinder like we like we're allowed to use like some more technology so like you just don't you don't want to say the number too loud or you don't want to say like you know you don't want to mess them up and say like the wind you know I thought the wind's coming this way and they're like you know what I mean so we're just like over here it's like talking so I think it's I think it's we got 155 on the gun that's <laughs> and that's uh, something that my dad kind of instilled me growing up was like the golf etiquette and like I'll play now and I'll I'm so like programmed to that where I can't just let it go but like I'm like I'll be like with my brothers and my friends but hey like you know, move out of the way, like let this guy hit. If we're playing with somebody else, like if the flag is windy and you have the flag in your hand, I turn it the other way. Just like it's crazy how much, especially if if you're playing very competitive competitively, like those people do, like that shit, it matters to them, which is why like you could do whatever you want to me when I right, whatever. That's, that's the least of my worries, you know. But like if you're in a run, like if they can see you a little bit, they'll back off their ball and be like, Hey, can you move? And and like if you were like when you play with your friends, you know, you could be on the green and away. And generally you're going to hit like the person who's just off the green is going to hit. Right. And like, get just on play the ready golf. Yeah. So like there was times where I was not on the green, but also not away. So like you would have to let somebody putt who was on the green and then hit your shot. And like, that was, a re- and the other weird one was calling for like a rules official. That's wild. So like I had, like I had ball that got caught in a sprinkler head. And so, and, but I was also, it was shaved down to the water. So I couldn't drop my ball without it rolling more than two club lengths. So I had to call for a rules official and now I feel, and it's on a par three and I feel like I'm holding up. You're holding like, everybody up. Yeah. Everybody, this girl's got a birdie putt from like eight feet. I'm taking like, it's only a couple minutes, but like calling the rules official over and we're going and we're marking it and we're dropping the ball and dropping it. And then I got to find a way to place it without it rolling. I mean, and all of that it was, I was just like, I'm so, I am so sorry for this delay. I was just going to ask, because I, I didn't actually get to watch the event because I don't have cable. What was the format where you guys were going out with less, like, what, what when you went out, who was out with you? Was there LPGA players with you? Was it just Lester? Was it a combination? So there were there were three that there were three person tea time. So it was one LPGA player and then two celebrities. So my first day was me and Lester. And then I played with um, Glavin Day 2. Or, or Michael Pena day two, Glavin day three, and then uh, Kevin Millar day four. How was that so, with Millar? What? How was Millar? Millar is great. We you know we play golf here in Austin, so that was a, mm. another comfort pairing for me. And he's so he like he's so much fun and carries the conversation. He's great. So was the pace of play like a huge difference? Because like you said, like when we play together, it's like you know, like guys just go to their balls. And even if you're in front of the other person, like you just kind of stand to the side, watch them hit. Like you just hit, like you're not really waiting. Like, oh, you're the farthest one back. Like you hit. It's like, nah, if you're at your ball, just go ahead and hit it. I mean, we were playing legitimate. It didn't feel that long because you're so in every shot, but we're playing yeah. legitimate 
five hour rounds. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're every shot that you hit, you have the, the yardage book, you have the green, you know, you're looking at the, the, the pin sheet. So you're looking at where the flag is, the slopes on the greens, making the decision on yardage, like doing the calculations on that. And there were some T boxes we had to wait for sure, but you know, they're long days out there and like you're, you're reading the putts. Everybody's like taking their time on the greens. And it wasn't like we were holding out the group behind us or the group in front of us was holding us up, but like it just, the pace out there is every shot matters. So it's so much different. And we were picking up, we couldn't make more than double. So like we were picking up after double too. If you watch like on TV, like when they, I mean, there's some times where they're marking or they're lining a putt up, they'll line it up, like walk to the other side, come back and like, if I take a certain amount of time, sometimes if I'm playing with my friends, I'm like, Hey, my bad. I'll go like, whatever. There's no care in the world for these people. Sometimes like they are taking, they're taking like six, seven looks to make sure they're aligned correctly. And I, I'm watching sometimes I'm like, bro, you've got to hurry up. We this didn't play. Wild. We didn't. None of the girls that I played with were slow. Like they all played at a pretty good pace, but there was definitely just a purpose to everything they did. And like looking and I, what I was really surprised by one of the things I was really surprised. First of all, the girls are amazing. Like they don't they miss. Are, they do not miss. They're so good and they are so consistent. Their ball striking is incredible. I'm hitting it way by some of these girls and they're hitting five woods to a foot, like just feathers. And, but they, they didn't really use their caddies much on the greens. So I, I was going to ask about the caddies. If you heard any conversations that they had with them. Yeah. But cause like, I think putting, unless the person really knows the course, I feel like if you have two different looks at a putt, like if you're saying like, I'm your caddy, like, Ian, you know, I, I see this moving left to right. And you're like, fuck, well, I see this moving right to the left. I think that kind of, you know, can mess with you. Same thing, you know, I don't know, like hitting or pitching, like, hey, this guy's, his, his heater's riding and you get in there and he's throwing this. You're just like, wait, what? No, it's yeah, not. What you say? There's, there's definitely occasions where, they asked the caddy and like, do you like, I'm not quite seeing this. What do you think? But I would say like 90% of the reads were solo and they just, you know, the caddy just like stood off to the side of the green, held the flag or whatever. And the girl would just like find the line and they, they rolled it so well, but it was, uh, I was surprised by that. Cause like Chris and my brother and I are like, we're like, we're trying to read everything together. And like, what do you see? What do I say? I can't see anything. And like, these girls are just like doing that themselves. They did definitely have conversations about, um, you know, club selection and, and trying there, there a lot of times with the caddy, they were trying to figure out what the number was, where the miss was, but you know, on the greens, it was not much at all. I think it's cool when they're in the fairway and they're like, yeah, well, you know, it's 142, probably a little wind hurt at probably, you know, probably playing 146. If you land at 144, you should be good to take a one stop hop right next to the pin. And it's, it's looking at the yardage book, it's going to go down that way a little bit. So yeah, just hit your 145.3 club and you'll be good. It's like, wait, <laughs> yeah, what? there was so, there was so much of like, especially at that golf course, like long was dead. So it would be like back flag 145. Okay. That means the middle's 135. The front's 125. Like we have 128 to cover this bunker. Like right doesn't hurt us. Left we're dead. Long we're dead. Like, all right, we're going to try to hit something like 135. 10 yards right of the flag or five yards right of the flag, you know, and like trying to figure that out. It took me a few days to like really even contemplate. Cause I was like the first day I just like missed along with the guy and just like, okay, well I just made double. You know, my, my biggest gripe with the whole tournament 
then I don't know if we talked about it last week, if it was off air or not. I watched, I turned it on golf channel. I was trying to see you out there and it's just Marty fish. It's nothing but Marty fish. I'm like, this guy played on the PGA tour. All right, enough. Let me see the celebrities. Let me see Glavin. Let me see Mulder. Let me see Hap. Let me see Lester. And it's just Marty fish. And that's it. And I'm like, enough. We don't care. Hat, he's very my, good. And he's dominating. Friend, he's up by like 20 points or however the scoring system was. I'm like, who? okay, he wins. Show other people. Hat, my friend sent you sent me a cool snap of you hitting out of a bunker, like an intermediate bunker shot. I think on a par three, you were kind of pretty far right. Um, but it was, it was a hell of a bunker shot. It was a really good bunker shot. That that hole, with the, so that hole was three. It was a par four. Dog like right <laughs> par four. Right. It was like three uh 20 maybe and that day they moved it up to like 245 or 250 and we kind of had like a left right helping win i hit three iron on the green rolled off the back so like it hit like kind of back right in the green bounced and like rolled over back right bunker and left me with this kind of like gross maybe 30 yard bunker shot look at the kid oh shit it's all blurry and it, I was, I didn't, obviously I didn't, like the cameras were up there the whole time, but you never knew like if they were filming you or the girl or like actually, and I hit, that was one of my best shots of the week. And it was the only shot that made it on TV. So maybe yeah, that would, I, mean, I was pissed. I kept it on for like good 30, 45 minutes. I was like, all right, enough. I, I I've seen well, Marty, Marty fish, fish is playing so well. And he was playing with the leaders because yeah. he was, you know, he himself on four days shot like eight or nine under. So he was dominating, Ugh. but uh, yeah, he got a lot of the TV time. I was on my way out to California and I checked the first day and I tried watching and it, it like, it, it worked for like two minutes. And I was like, there's no way that I'm able to watch a live event on a, on a flight and I was streaming it and then it worked and then it cut out like whatever. And then I checked your score and I was like, Oh no, Ian, Oh, oh first no. Day. Tough first day. I mean, I was, I got a lesson. I was trying to swing this swing that I, I realize now why, like when you get in, like when they talk about like tournament golf and like practicing enough on something to put it into play in a door, like I, by the sixth hole, I was like, this isn't working. Didn't know my numbers. And, and like, I tried to play it all day and it was what it was like, you know, when you're over 10 and you have like this, like this feeling right in here. For Dakota, I would assume that it's like if you've walked three people and you oh, yeah. can't find the zone, it's like right there. Yeah. That's yeah, helpless. Very, very helpless feeling. I was having that feeling. That's for... how I feel every time I hit a golf ball. I'm just like, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> it's, just, anywhere. it's just right in my chest. Like I was like, I can't figure this out. Like I'm struggling so bad to hit a good golf shot. And I was feeling uh just like so upset about it um and so the next day i got to the range i was just like you know what? i gotta play my swing and go out and think about the flight of the ball and let it let it play and then i played a lot better uh the next three days and actually got into somewhat of contention you were pure the next i kept watching i was uh because they were pretty good at updating with the leaderboard online and they would do it hole by hole and it was good like did you you Eagled the first one on opening hole on the next so day, right? I opened on 10 the next day. I started on 10 and I hit a two iron in the middle. And then I had a 50 degree, like one, I don't know, 118, 117 yard shot in, hit it, like sheared it. It's like, oh, that's pretty good. Hits behind the hole, spins back into the hole. Does everybody and go nuts? Was there a crowd? 
the crowd, it wasn't like a huge crowd. It was probably like 20 people, 25 people up there. And they were like, oh, and I started clapping. I was like, oh, my God, my brother has bad eyes. He can't see anything. So it was like he's like going to pick up the divot and like has no idea that it went in. Uh, and it, that was a pretty cool. So I started the day with the eagle. And then I made another eagle on uh, on two, which is a par five. So the two eagles were big. Were there the skins day. in this? Could you guys sign up for skins? They were skins. Yeah. Those Did you win? Skins. Those were both skins. Yep. Fuck yeah. But yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, I okay. will be very excited if I get the invite back next year and hopefully learn from my day one mistakes. Can we talk about um, Zach being upset at shooting an even par at Pebble that's Beach? what I really want to talk about. So while I was in Orlando playing this event at Lake Nona, Hilton Grand Vacations, really wonderful. Thank you for having me. Zach, no free ads, but no free ads. We'll send the invoice. Zach was on the <laughs> West Coast playing in an event. At Pebble, Spyglass, and Cypress. No, Spanish Spanish Bay. That's what I meant, Spanish Bay. And wait a minute, Zach's event was brought to you by SeatGeek. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Baseball season is coming up. Live events are back, which means you get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code COMPOUND. I wonder if that includes spring training at Sloan Stadium. I hope it does. Uh, if you go to SeatGeek. It's got to be .com, right? SeatGeek.com. Oh, there's a we have a code down here. Code compound, $20 off. SeatGeek uh, for tickets. I'm sure there's an app, too. You can go uh, the app on your phone. Uh, SeatGeek, all kinds of Cubs tickets, other tickets, Super Bowl tickets, maybe. Uh, I can Geek. confirm spring training Spring training is going to be on there. So spring any- training is going to be on it. Okay. Spring any training kind of in event. Arizona. Come see the Cubbies or go to Lakeland and see the Tigers uh, and Good go point. to Vegas. Good point. And uh, and SeatGeek, 20%, $20 off, $20 off code compound. Beautiful Zach. Lakeland. Yeah. Um, Please tell us about your event that was sponsored by SeatGeek with code compound, $20 off. Yeah. No, that was a blast. I've, I've never been out to California outside of, I think, playing in Oakland just the last – two years. Um, and I mean, it's such a different world out there. You hear like, Oh, you got to go out to Pebble. You got to go out to Pebble. But I mean, it's an expensive, like if you're just gonna go out there and play, it's, it's expensive. So like, but like if you get a chance, obviously all those three courses are ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I got invited to play in this event. It's called the players cup um, from a, a friend who puts a team in every year. You know, there's a few bigger name people. Um, Andrew Jones was there this year. Um, I got to, Your I boy. got to talk. Yeah, you know, I got to talk to Don Cheadle a lot. No, that's your that's your boy. Yeah, Don Cheadle. Yeah, he was awesome. He, uh, we talked a bunch. You know what? I mean, what a completely different, but almost the same world. Like acting is like sports. You know, like how much, how long you prepare your whole life for this. And it was funny. Like I asked him, I was like, "Hey, you know, do you have days where you're just like shooting a scene, or you're at whatever you're doing, and you're just like, I don't have it." Like, I just don't have it today. And he was like, that's literally every single time you do a shoot. It just feels like you don't have it. And you, you walk away, you're on the drive home. You're like, fuck, you know, I could have done this better. And then like he said, he watches the movie and he's like, they use that fucking clip out of all the ones. Like, it was so cool to hear, you know, the little stories about what he does. I mean, he's, he's in a lot of big movies, big show, you know, 
He's so famous. Um, is is he a future compound guest? Like, did you get that? I don't know, man. I don't know. That was I mentioned it. I did bring it up. You know, I'm, I'm always working. Um, and you know, <laughs> no he time off, number? even on vacation. No, he. No uh, yeah. Um. No, but I mean, yeah, it was great. You know, and I I was really nervous. We we started. We was um shotgun on. We went Spanish Bay, um, Spyglass, and then Pebble played three rounds you know there were skins in all of it close to the pin bunch of bunch of things but again like what ian said it, it wasn't as competitive and you know by the books as yours was you know it wasn't obviously sponsored by pga lpga it wasn't on tv but it, it was you know nerve-wracking like tournament golf like there's a prize at the end there's all these things you know and i'm like all right kind of you know, I, your handicap is on there. You kind of have to play to your handicap. You're like, all right, well, this, this, you know, this guy's supposed to be pretty decent. Like staying over the first tee, it's nine o'clock. And I'm like, never been here before. I have no idea where I'm aiming really. We had caddies, but I don't know how much it's tough. If you never played a course before to really trust somebody's line, like, like, Oh yeah, hit over that hill. You'll be fine. And then you hit over that hill and you're like, I might be a little too far. Right. And you're just like, well, you just told me to go over that hill. <laughs> yeah, you hit it right where you said. Right. But no, is, I mean, that. what is was, your current handicap? Um, right now, did you put all those scores in? Oh yeah. Come on. Put them in. Did you put yours in? Oh yeah. They're pumping my handicap up. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, mine's right now is a plus point two. Oh, so you got, you've gotten worse. Not it used to be a plus one. I mean, yeah, back, back in my day, <laughs> you know, um, but back no, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I mean, three days there, Pebble walking up four is like when you really see the course um i mean it is i have like my whole camera I, I was like a little kid literally walking around like all these guys have played there hundreds of times and i'm walking around i'm like oh my god look at that house look at that house and out there they have this thing called the 17 mile drive up and down like all the way up and down the coast and my girlfriend and i drove down and like you see a house and you're like all right let me let me zillow that one see how much it is and it's just like 20 20 mil 25 35 and you're just like what do these people do that you can afford that house and not even live there because there's nobody there mm. like charles schwab schwab has a house on one of the holes schwarby <laughs> um like the warrior the warriors owners house is on hole 14 of pebble like just the view like you're hitting on 18 on seven like you have waves basically hitting you as you're teeing off. Like it's just, it's a completely different world, man. It, it's incredible. Was Pebble your favorite? Yeah, and it's funny. Like we got there, played Spanish, Spyglass, and Pebble. And the first we stayed at the Spanish Bay Inn, which is again absolutely ridiculous. Um, you have the sunset right there at night. Um, there you can eat outside with Did a bunch you see of the fires. Bagpiper? Saw the bagpiper. Um, and so Spanish. It's a little different. It's more narrow, kind of, you know, not as long, not as hard, but they're like the the course itself is not, I don't want to say as nice as the others, but like I was blown away by pause. I was blown away by Spanish. And then the next day when we teed off of Spyglass, I was like, I mean, this is a completely different world. Like Spyglass, they play as part of the Pep, uh, the pro-am right i'm pretty sure yeah and like that foundation the fairway the grass everything about it was just so much different so much like and then pebble obviously you know just like i said the views and like on 
on hole six, Tiger, you know, hitting driver and then, you know, four iron, whatever it is, like a completely blind shot. And like you see that walking up that hole, it's just like, I mean, literally Tiger is one of the most famous shots here. And then on the next hole or on hole seven, the really short part three, just like it's on TV every single year. Somebody gets a hole in one there, you know, and then you walk up six or uh, eight. I'm sorry. And last year, whenever it was Spieth basically falls in. I don't know if you remember that shot. Like yeah. he hits his drive I and he's basically standing over it. And like, did you I walk walked, up to the, yeah, walk I, walked, up to it? I walked out to it and I was like, bro, there's no chance I'm hitting a ball off of this. Like I kept my distance and I'm like, I'm not taking another step. And this guy had to take a full swing moving forward while also basically falling backwards. And he but hit a good, he hit a good shot. I would have shit myself. I literally would have been at the <laughs> bottom of that still. Like there's just no way. Um, but yeah, you know, getting again, like basically standing next to Andrew Jones, right? Right before he's on the ballot of the hall of fame and like, just, I mean, it was awesome. It was, it was really cool. Was uh pebble your best round? Pebble was my best round. I did. I did play very well there. Then why were you in, in the, and I, I say you were upset. You weren't upset, but he texts us. He goes, shot a 72. should have been a 68 left a lot. of no, okay. I might, no, no, I might no. as well I, left my putter at home this weekend. But that was that was a story again, like out there, like I've, again, I've never played out there. You're kind, you're trusting the caddies, um, yeah. and like they just the greens are lightning. And I'm sure you know where you you play nice course all the time. But like faster greens, a they're more fun to play. But like when you get really fast greens, it's so hard to trust anything. It's like, okay, I have a long putt. It's uphill, but it's like, do I leave this short? Do I get it there? Is it going to roll back to my feet? You know, like oh, you you can putt you can put it off the green on these courses. Right. Like if you hit it in the wrong area, it's like, that's gone. Like that's rolling down into a bunker. And it's like, Oh my God, I was just putting. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like this whole, like I didn't make any putts. So like, I, like I legitimately had the first six holes, like on six, I had an Eagle putt from 20 feet away, three putted it. Like I, I realistically, not even saying like, Oh man, if I made that 45 footer, I'd be four under. It was just like, man, if I, accidentally rolled in a few putts it should have been you know but I again it all evens out you get lucky on some holes like I made a really nice up and down from like a fairway bunker 150 yards away like I bet you I can't do that more than you know two times out of 10 like it's just hard but it was it was it was awesome end of the day the people need a 1v1 Ian Hat for sack short and I'll be on the bag I'll carry both bags over my shoulder Tom's I'll, coming. I'll be unbiased. We're just waiting for Tom to come set up some golf. I'll, I'll be the commentator. I'll be Jim. Nance. Tom is up in the booth commentating. That, that'll be cool it's because the the uh, the pro am is this week. The Pebble Beach pro am is this week. So now that I've played it, I can be like, be like oh, oh, I hit that shot. Like, oh shit, Spieth, you're fucked. I'm over there. I was <laughs> over there. You got no chance. You know, like it'll be cool. And again, they were setting up too. So like. Yeah, you saw all the tents. You saw huge AT and T signs everywhere, and the caddies we had. They the one guy was awesome all weekend. We had him for all three days. He's on somebody's bag. I forgot the name, but the way that he was describing it, how I was like, oh, you know, are these guys going to come in and play Tuesday, Wednesday practice rounds? He's like, yeah, but they'll come in, but they might. They're like most of the guys go over and play Cyprus or. Uh, what's the other one? The Monterey Country Monterey Club. Peninsula Country. Yeah, they, they don't even like play over here. They'll just wake up and come and play. And I'm like, I mean, that's it's just awesome. Just what, again, what a life, you know? Well, let's just wake up and 
you know, see the waves crash. Just go play some golf. You know, it's one of the it's one of the most I've never played out there, but it's one of the most beautiful. I've been there a couple of times. I'm surprised that you haven't played out there when you guys go out there every year. My good fiance. Don't bring my clubs. Okay, before that, I was going to say, stop, stop. If you're telling me that that's not. I don't know, I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say that's a marriage that's doomed if you can't golf because you need your golf and you know that. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. Zach just looked at his girlfriend. It's like, that's, I mean, that's just how it's going to be. Sometimes. We, uh, like, if we Zach there, can't golf, you're not going to have a very happy. You need to keep Zach fed and let Zach golf. And he's a happy guy. That's all he needs. We, we, I went out there for my mom's 60th. So we were, my mom's 60th was more important. We didn't bring our clubs. And then that's, the other See, time, that's fair. So, but don't blame it on your fiance. Yeah. Well, the other time Julie and I went out last year and we started in, uh, we went all the way up the coast. So we, we were only in uh, Monterey for like two or three days and I wasn't just going to peace out and play, uh, play golf yeah. for a couple of days. And also like, I want to, when I do pebble for the first time or any of those courses for the first time, like I would like to be with, you know, some of my buddies, some of the guys I get, I like to play yeah. golf. With, you know what I mean? If you're going out there on a couple's yes, you're not going to go golf and like, Hey, like go shopping for a couple hours. I'm going to go golfing. or Hey, you want <laughs> yeah, to go the the sit I'm going to go play by myself. Hours? Yeah. I'm going to go, well, I'm going to go play pebble with a random threesome yeah solo it i mean it really something like again if you've even been out there and even if you haven't played like when i we did that 17 mile drive and it was before we played spyglass and we saw bits and pieces of those courses and pebble like when you just see pebble it's just like that is different that's a very different place just everything around it the trees you know you're on the water like one side of the road is like this amazing forest and the other side is ocean. And we stood, we stood on the beach in Carmel and like looked at, you can see pebble from the beach. And it's just like, this is, is this heaven? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Uh, we should switch gears. We should talk about baseball. Before because Tom kills Tom's, us. Tom's falling asleep over there. Tom already cut all this from the episode. He's snoozing on us. He doesn't want to talk about golf anymore. Let's talk about baseball. Should we cover the Jeff McNeil extension? Four for 50. Four for 50. People, can I just address something? People are uh, people are saying, Jeff McNeil, four for 50. What a steal. Uh, Jeff McNeil, sneaky, has two years of arb left. Does he? He did, he did just win a batting title. He did just win a batting title, but he's got to cover two years of arb. And they're paying him ARB one, ARB ARB two, ARB three. So he he uh he he was he had filed at like seven seven five and they had filed at six two five, maybe something like that. So they were in the middle at seven. That's a huge and, difference. Yep. And then you kind of assume that year three there is like a four or five million dollar raise. So something like eleven, there's a buyout for two in there. So they're valuing his uh his age 30, he's a little stinky, a little bit older. They're valuing his age 33, 34, or 33, 34 free agent years at 15, 16-ish a year. So when you look at the whole thing, you know, could Jeff McNeil have played out his last two years and gone and got a, you know, three-year 60-ish? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's in there. Maybe there's a 345. Maybe there's a three for 60 in there. Maybe there's something else. But you know, he likes likes being uh, met. They have a really good team, gives him some security. He's a guy 
um, that made it up a little later, and you know, he's got two All Star nods now and a batting title, and he's uh, he's paid. So and it's tough, like you're saying, when you're not like he's not a power guy. Like in today's baseball, it's like everyone wants home run hitters. So it's like if he doesn't hit 300 every year. Like he can't hit 250. He needs to keep hitting 300 or he's not worth the money. And that's just kind of like, that's why I, I see that as a fair deal both ways. And again, like you said, he's an older guy. Like mm-hmm. when that deal comes across the table, like you don't, how it's hard to say no. Like, yeah. I, well, he's I, already, I, he's two years away from free agency. So he would have to back it up twice because he, unfortunately, with the system, He'll get penalized if he has a bad year going into free agency because of his age. Right. For sure. Like if he has a down year, you know, he's going to be, I think he's 31. He's going to be, he'd be 31 this year and then he'd be 32 next year. So if he goes out at 32 and hits 260 with a, you know, 750 OPS that's a 105 OPS plus or whatever, you know. And ends up doing that, like he'll be judged as declining because of his age, as opposed to, you know, hey, it's just one year. And he's because guys that do that when they're 27, 28 still get absolutely paid. But, you know, that's when you're when you're looking at a 34, 33, 34, 35 free agent like that uh, is a little bit different equation. But I know he loves to play golf. I know he's from San Luis Obispo area. He's a little northern california golfer guy pretty sure he was supposed to be on our team but then he had to sign this contract or something i don't know well he can go play wherever he wants to play now good for him he could play i I think i agree i think he's a very good player and i think i wouldn't say that's undervalued or overvalued like i said it's pretty fitting number for his talent and like exactly his age is a huge factor in that if he's 27 right now Maybe ride it out two years, see what happens. Yeah, and you can't, I know, can't blame anybody for taking a deal and being on a really good team, being happy. Exactly. Like, That's like, another like, huge thing. Is like he looks at the Mets roster and he's like, well, I mean, do I want to wait two years and then go sign a three for sixty with a bad team? I was going to name a team, but a bad team, and like just kind of ride it out for the money. Like he's on a great team, he's going to get paid twelve and a half a year, and. Probably yeah. hit at the top of that again. Lineup for a again, long time. it's still very good contract. A lot of money. He's set for life. Set for a few lives. I heard a I heard a hot take on talking baseball that like they're they're really locked up. Yeah, I listen to talking baseball, Tom. Okay, no free ads. I uh, I heard a hot take that a, a lot of positions locked up on that field. Okay, Uncle Stevie brought back Nemo. We got McNeil coming back. Obviously, Lindor's locked up. They had a third baseman. He's playing for another team, but they still got Escobar over there. They got the, they got Marte's there for a couple more years. Does Alonzo does Alonzo have a long term deal? Alonzo does not have a long term deal. That was their hot take. When's the Alonzo extension coming through? Is Uncle Stevie going to empty hurt? his pockets? I think he's got one or two left. I don't know what RB he's in. Tom, maybe look that up for for the friends. I no, think he's I in think RB. He's got- I, mean, I think he's in ARB one. Yeah. And I think he has two more years left. I think 19 was his rookie year. And I think he's probably got two left. But I don't know for sure. 
Yeah, he's at four years of service time, exactly. Four years, zero days. So, so two more. Two more. That's yep. crazy. It takes that long to be a free agent. It's Fucking disgusting. Long time to get to play and... seven full seasons in the big leagues to be a free agent. What a time to be alive. It's, it's incredibly broken. I know we talk about this a lot, but I mean, just every time you hear about someone like McNeil and you're like, this guy's not going to be a free agent until he's in his mid thirties and he's a great player and would obviously get a lot more than that if the for fair market value. But I, I mean, I, I know you guys go to the every negotiation fighting about this topic. I know it's one of the most important things that the players association cares about, but man, it's such a bad system. I like how whoever invented the system really fucked the players over to begin with. I mean, Ian, you'll be like, on the younger side at 29 or 28 is a free, 29 is a free agent. Like that's like almost young nowadays. Nico will be like super young. Yeah. Ian came up within what? 18 months of your draft, right? You got drafted. Yeah. You're a rookie I get to the big leagues at 22. I will not be a free agent until 29. That's, I mean, it's basically like if you don't come out of high school now, like you won't be a free agent until you're like 30. Yeah. Well, that's why Soto is a guy that's so rare. Oh, yeah. So valuable because he will be like a 26-year-old free agent, which is banana land. Which is 10 years of prime baseball. And and the only people that have done that in recent memory is Machado and Harper. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anybody else. And but like, all the deals they got. Those guys get paid because they are so young going into free agency. But yeah, 29 is young. Feel great about that. Happy for myself. Uh, the... But guys that guys are so penalized by make by being late bloomers. Um, and it's tough. It's tough when, but like a guy like Josh Donaldson was a little bit of a late bloomer and kind of, he did a good job. He, you know, he played all the way through. He didn't take an extension. He had the the power numbers and everything. And what does he get from Minnesota? The three for four for 80 or whatever. Yeah. Something like and got that. paid. He He's was making, like yeah, he still do like 50 mil at the start of last year. Right. Yeah, so so there's you know there's guys that have done it and got paid, but it is as far as the system goes, having to play seven years because it's not it, technically it's six, but the team will always make it seven. Like they'll always find a way to make it seven, right? So the um, fact that it's so easy for them to make it seven, right? I mean, the fact that it's like, oh, yeah. he's going to be in the minor leagues for two weeks, and now we get yeah. extra, like you can't Ask- honestly you can't even blame them for taking advantage of it. the way the system is right now. Like they're stupid for they would be stupid for playing him the full year. That was the thing with Chris Bryant, even like, obviously everyone was mad about it. And like, it made no sense to have him down, but it's like, if I'm running an organization, I'm like, why would I not sit this guy in the minors for a month and like come up with an excuse for why and have one full extra year of him for half the price he's going to be worth? Like, it's stupid. Not it's just good business, but it's like you said, Tom, it's a broken system that that's even a thing that they can do. Yeah. And there will, there are some, some things that are put in place this year that seem to have helped where a guy like Julio Rodrigo plays Julio Rodriguez plays the whole year. Olivia Rodrigo, your girl. He did get Olivia. He did get extended. um, But like, and so did Michael Harris, but these guys, because of the new roles. And if you finish in the top two of the rookie of the year, you get a full year of service. Like because of some of that stuff, you know, maybe some of these guys got a chance to play. Um, a little bit sooner than they would have under the old system. You know, we're still trying to figure out if that works. Would you not. say 
would you say that's why guys like Michael Harris and like Rodriguez are taking deals so early because they're like, well, we have so long until we're free agent anyway. Like we might as well get our money Dude, yeah. now Dude, instead so of much, waiting so through much league minimum. Go wrong. You know, like yeah. it's bad to say, but like even if you have bad years, not even talking about injuries, but like if you have bad years, like hey man, money goes way your value, down. yeah, your value is diminishing. I don't care how long you play, you know. Yeah, yeah, but definitely, but those guys, you know, if you if you make it up at 21, 22, and you turn that seven into a six because you won a rookie of the year or you got top two in the voting, and then you're coming back out at, at 28, you know, there's still the ability to make money through the ARP system. Like, if, and then you become a super two because you've played full years, like those things definitely have an impact. And like, if, uh, I don't know, if got it, I think. I think we all, all of the people that were in the room making the decisions would like love to see what, if some of those young guys got that one less year of service and like actually did like five years down the road or getting to free, like what the numbers look like, how that moves the market, like some of that stuff. Um, you can't, you can never blame somebody for like taking that like security up front and like taking care of themselves. But, you know, there is, there is some like, how is this going to work? And it's going to take a long time to figure it out. But, you know, I think those those are all questions before the next agreement of like trying to figure out how it is working when we get there. Well, the hard part right now, too, is that also guys are getting rewarded for past performance. Right. I mean, you're talking about the guys who are getting the big contracts are guys now in their 30s. That's the time they're going to get paid. But. I mean, we all know how a baseball prime works. That's the that's the back half of the bell curve. Instead of the guys getting paid for when they're actually producing, they're getting paid much later. And uh, the whole system is just awful. But I but I think you're seeing now. I think we had a period of time where guys were getting there was long contracts where guys were getting paid for what they had done, and we had a few examples of guys falling off pretty aggressively. Right. And there was a lot of judgment on those contracts. And then we went to this like super like pushed it the other way. And we went super short term. We paid guys a lot of money for a short amount of time. Got super scared of the long term. But then you see the guy that we just talked to, you see a Joey Votto reinvent himself and become a really, really good player at 37, 38 years old. But what we're not talking about and you see Justin Turner continue to play super well. And you see like there's exam and you see pitchers pitching at 38 years old and winning Cy Youngs. And I think that what we're not talking about is that the game changed so rapidly and so aggressively from 2015 to 2019. And some guys were caught up in that and some guys didn't perform through that, but because the game changed so, so much because guys started throwing on average, like multiple miles an hour faster, like in a steeper like curve than we had ever seen before. The high heater came into the game in a way that we had never seen before. There was stuff on guys' fingers that we had never no, seen before. Can't prove shifts it. got worse. Shifts got more aggressive than when we had ever seen before. Like there was all of these things. And then for pitchers, like there was more data on guys. There was more information on dudes. Guys had to figure out like the guys like Verlander and Cole and all of these dudes like figured out how to be different while there was more guys young guys coming up throwing harder 
being and the front offices were using guys in different ways, disposing of of relief pitchers quicker, using guys for less time as starting pitchers, and the game changed so rapidly in such a short period of time. And I think now you're seeing those great players being able to readjust. I mean, shit, Pulhos was an. I mean, you're. Let's not say that he he was an all star. Yes, but like also his second half was unbelievable. And like he figured it out, like he figured out what some of the things he had to do and and how he had to combat some of the pitches he was seeing. And like the great players will do that. And we saw even like a Miguel Cabrera hit 300 for the better part of last year. And it's I just think that the game has changed so much and we'll see those really good players continue to adapt to it. And I'm very excited to see some of these long contracts and where guys are in the second half of them. I'm excited to see your long contract. Hey, thanks, man. Can I tell you, this is this is back to golf real quick, but I just saw this stat. Can I read it to you guys? You've heard this stat before. <clears throat> Current world number one, Rory McIlroy, has the fourth most weeks all time as the world number one at 113. If he remained number one for the next seven years, he would still be 200 weeks shy of Tiger's record. So basically the next four years, it would take like 11 years for him to catch Tiger as the longest reigning world. Number one. Oh, you're saying if he, if he was number one for that amount of time, he would still be four years short. If he, from now until January of 2030, if he stayed world number one, he is still 200 weeks shy of Tiger's record. So another, yeah, four years. So basically, he's 11 years away from Tiger's record, and he'd have to remain number one the entire time. Is that good? That's just one of those stats where it's like, that can't be real. Like, what do you mean? If I had a time machine, I would go back to the year 1998, and I would relive Tiger's greatness. Yeah. And just like, and and just soak it all up. Just take it all in. That's one of those, like, mind-blowing stats that I just, I, it's it's like the... Uh, I was texting our group text about like Verlander getting into the hall and like you see his total career wins. And it's like, I think he's like, he's still like 50 shy of 300. It's like, no one's ever going to get 300 wins again in the MLB. Like it's one of those stats that will just never happen again. That's why it was such a big deal for Johnny Lester to get 200. Like, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. How I was few playing. Guys I was that. playing with some of these guys at the in Orlando, right? And you go and you look at their baseball, and you're like, Tom Glavin was a really good player. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, he gets it. This is the other thing. I would be on the tee, right? And they introduce like the first day they introduce Lester, and they're like, John Lester, three time World Series champion. And I was like, sick. Yeah, Johnny, three-time World Series champ. Then they're like, Ian Happ, left fielder for the Cubs. They didn't say, <laughs> they didn't they even didn't say All-Star? All-Star? No, they didn't say anything. That's bullshit. Like, no, nah, that's Cubs. bullshit. I was like, you got to say gold glove All-Star outfielder for the Cubs. What is that? They didn't. Oh, no, they, that just, actually said, they just said uh, left fielder for the Cubs. But I you looked, so I play, I'm, I'm playing with Glavin, oh. right? And they introduced him. They say, Tom Glavin, Hall of Fame pitcher and i said yep that's love that hall of famer unbelievable let me look up that baseball reference tom glavin played 22 years in the show he had 305 wins with a 600 winning percentage and a 354 
career ERA. And he had 22 this, years. He had a span where he from 2000 and or from sorry, 1996 until 2007. He made 30 plus starts. 36, 33, 33, 35, 35, 35, 36, 32, 33, 33, 32, 34. What? That's Talk insane. about and then and then like his first couple of years, it was like 34, 29, 33, 34, 33, 36, and then a couple of 25, 29, and then this run. But it's just like that dude was so healthy. You look at his innings pitched, it was over 200 basically every single year. And uh different time, but God bless me. Uh was his career impressive with two Cy Youngs um, and some silver sluggers. Uh, but just, <laughs> I was like looking at that baseball reference page, just going like, you were so good at baseball. Oh my God. But now it's like, if you have 200 wins, man, you did it. Like you, Ian, do you ever That's- like sit back? It's like, you've had a very, you know, like I would say a great career so far. And it's kind of just getting started, but like, Think about the success that you've had, and then you'll look at somebody like Vado or Glavin, whoever you're talking about, and like imagine how much like continued success they had throughout their career, and just like for how long it was. Like even any of these anybody that we're talking about, and you're like, "Fuck, man, I got to do this another like, ten years." Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking Dude, wild. I mean, if I was going to have the ten year run that Joey Vado had. I would have to play for 17 total years. Like I would have to go nine more and I would be 37, 38. Like, yeah. What? That's like it's, it's just like, it's like, he's me- like talking about this 10 yeah. year run. He had like, it was like light years ago. It's like, you're the best player in baseball for like 10 years. What are you talking about? It's just, it's yeah, like it's, Miggy. It's like Miggy nowadays. It's like, man, this guy is one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. Like, and he debuted 20 years ago. It's like this guy's been doing it forever. It's and just at such a high level forever, too. Like, just to consistently every year come out do you, and produce. Do you think about those guys, like how many bullpens they've thrown, how many balls they've shagged for during BP, like how many rounds of BP that Miggy has taken in his oh. career. And like he'll do it, he won't even do it every day, but like. I'm sure he was taking, I mean, I don't know, but like, was he taking it every day during his, you know, prime, but it's like, and he's, he's there every day. All the swings. So many swings. I said, I asked that question the other day. Um, I asked you guys about swings, but like, I was like, do you think I've thrown a baseball over a million times in my life? Like the motion of throwing a baseball, you think I've done it a million, like, do you think you've taken a million swings in your life? I think it's gotta be close. Yeah. hundred percent, dude. And that's just insane. Like, and, and the reason I thought of it as a pitcher, I was like, well, my elbow hasn't blown up yet. And I've done this so many times. Like, it's got to go soon, right? Like, I've been doing this thing forever. Like, that's just crazy to me how many times we've done the same motion over and over and over. And we're still, we're still not there. We're still not those guys. We're still not Miggy or Tom Glavin. I just couldn't imagine having, like, your body, your mentals in, like, that state of mind for that long and i don't want to knock like the reds here but like and think of like joey vado like he's played on some bad teams and like you just keep go out and produce you're like what else can i do like what, I can't, you're still like, gonna i, do I can't it. sit and right. sulk like he still goes out there and hits 300 
and their team's 10, 20 games below 500. Like, that's got to be tough, like you said, mentally. Hey, you know what I was thinking when we had that conversation with them, though? Hmm. It's like, and there were some good Reds teams in there, too. Oh, there was some very good ones. But I'm, I'm thinking more Rowan, like the last couple years. Scott like, especially Rowan, right. when you're – uh, when you're 38, 39, and like you're playing on a team, and you're 20, he said he played. Low. He played with Griffey, right? He said he yeah. did. He played yeah. with Griffey. Just like Brandon Phillips. Oh, Brandon Phillips. Drew. God, Scott, I've watched every Jake video of Bruce. that guy on YouTube. That guy has some of the best glove flips in the world. A really oh. good scooter, Jeanette. Scooter. Sunny, Sunny Gray. Tony Gray. He was very good on the Reds. Sorry, yeah, I just want to throw a picture in there. I know you guys only talk hitting. David Ross, Adam well, he, Dunn. He, he played with he was also Hamilton when on the role this Chapman was coming up, throwing 105. Edwin Adam Encarnacion Dunn. on the 2017 played third base. Wow. Was Adam Dunn like the first, like, hey, like, we're okay with you hitting 230 because you're going to give us 35 to 40 homers a year. Like, he might, he's like the first guy that comes to mind for me where I'm like, his average wasn't always there, but he was going to hit you a homer. Like, if you needed a homer, he was hitting it out. Let me tell you Adam Dunn's slash line in 2007. Okay? Adam Dunn, 27 years old, played 152 games, left field. Okay? 632 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. 40 pumps. 106 RBIs. Hit 264 with a 386 on base and a 554 slug for a 940 OPS. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh my goodness! Decent. Joey, Joey Votto was twenty three. He played twenty four games. In those twenty four games, he had three twenty one with a three sixty on base and five forty eight. That's Slug. kind of a crazy stat. You know, I was looking at Adam Dunn's. He had four straight years hitting exactly forty home runs from 05 to 08. No way. Yeah. Josh right. Hamilton played ninety games for the Reds that year. Twenty six years old, he hit two ninety two with a three sixty eight on base and a five fifty four slug, good for a nine twenty two or a one thirty one OPS plus. Bet nobody can name that slash line from old Josh Hamilton. That's your guy, that's, Ian. That's my guy. That is, is that my your guy? guy. I was about to say I saw him. That was I believe oh six or oh seven. I saw him the the year the oh yeah oh seven. It was oh so I saw him the year before. When he was doing his comeback, he with the with the Rays, he played in Hudson Valley, where I grew up as a season ticket holder, and got to meet him as a kid. One of the most intimidating human beings I've ever seen as like a ten year old because he's just <laughs> giant and tatted up, but was like the nicest guy alive, and was obviously just like went to low A and was just like absolutely mad. Like I was like, oh, this is the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. So he's I mean, a monster. He's oh. huge. You remember those no, homers? It was an actual, like, it was like when you saw the Monstars from Space Jam as a kid. That's what Josh Hamilton was to me as a kid. I was like, this guy like stole someone else's talent because he could pitch. They were like, he could throw 99. He could, he could hit. He could do everything. It was incredible. His book was the first one I read since like elementary school. I read it in like college and that was the first book I'd read since I was in elementary school. Great book, by the way. Josh Hamilton in 2011 was like the most amazing thing ever. And you remember him in 2009 at the um or it might have been 2008, the last Yankee Stadium home run derby. Oh yeah, when he Put was just peppering shit off clinic. the fucking facade. Uh, the worst part is he didn't win because like that was like the semi that was like the yeah. semifinal round or something. Yeah, so and he was just that's gassed. the that is the funniest part about that one. Tom is like people talk about that. Like if that home run derby gets brought up, it's like, oh, remember Josh Hamilton? It's like, yeah, but he, but who won it? Like we, I don't even know who won it. 
It was but Mauer I just think Marneau. of Josh Hamilton. I, yeah, it was, it was one, one of, of those two Minnesota yeah. guys. Dude, That's, Josh dude, Hamilton. I remember that. I think it was 09, wasn't it? It was either the first year of the new Yankee Stadium. Or no, the it was last, last year. It was 08. It was last oh, year. Okay, so yeah. it was last year of the Yankee Stadium. Dude. Yeah. I, dude, he was so out of breath going into that final round. Think of how much effort you put in oh. to just take G-hacks. Guys sitting there bat-tipping. Yeah. The, oh, the bat tip. The five-year all-star run that he had, dude, in 2010, he hit 359 with a 411 on base and a 633 slug. Good for a 1044 OPS. That is a 170 OPS plus. That is 70% better than the league average. Ozeri won the MVP. It's fucking unbelievable. What a player. God. We were talking about win-win trades in the office, and one of my favorite all-time win-win trades is the Volquez, Edison Volquez for Josh Hamilton trade because yeah. Hamilton obviously goes off and does that. Volquez the next year in Cincinnati is an all-star, 17-6, and six, a 3.21 ERA and 33 starts, 200 innings. You know, guy was like – it was one of those one, one rare trades where somehow both teams immediately just got better because of it. Yeah. I mean, Hamilton will never make him to the Hall of Fame. You know, he only played nine seasons, um, and he really only played – five full seasons but god bless it was he an unbelievable player for those five seasons and that was fun to watch let's just on screen time the people don't want to hear us talk about how much we love josh hamilton right this second okay people want to hear about screen time they want to hear about sloan they want to hear about automatic hand washers and flushers okay Back, did they have mountain cali uh no i actually held I didn't go once, not once, not till we got back in, into New York, Connecticut. That's Connecticut. Too. That's commitment. Yeah. I mean, that is, know, again, always that working, always, you know. <laughs> I have a really high number today and I'm embarrassed. So I'm going to go first and get it out of the way. We're at 528. Wow. Even that high, you're disgusting. You're such a dork that that's like, you're, oh, I'm such a high number. 447. What? 447. Good day, Tom. This new schedule's got you locked in. Damn Dakota? it. Dakota? 420, Zach? Yep. 421 now. 432. I thought I had oh, it today. A high number for me. It's Dang it. I thought I had it today. Man, Dakota, Ian lessons. We got Ian. I just want to tell the people. I just want to tell the people we're going to start a segment where every week we tweet out or in Instagram on the, on the story I, uh, uh, our screen times. So we're going to hold ourselves accountable. We're going to put it out there on the on the line. And uh, we would like the people to tweet back at us. They're also their slow screen times. But tough week for me. I got that one out of the way. We're not going to post that. And then we'll do it in a couple weeks once the John Boy people get the thing out. Uh, that was episode 144. 44, Anthony Rizzo. Shout out. Friend of the pod. Haven't done it on in a while. Maybe we'll get him on before spring training comes. 144, the compound podcast brought to you by the Parsi. When I say Parsi, you say Rum. Um, did you guys watch that clip from Compound Live? Yeah, it was sick. Yeah, baby. All right, we'll see you next week.